Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Cozy History Podcast. Your podcast is beginning in three, two, one. So welcome, guys, to episode four of the Cozy History Podcast. The coziest podcast on the internet. If you're wearing a jean snuggie or a straight jacket right now and you're feeling cozy, you're the audience that we're looking for. So welcome. That's, I'm that's a in- lot of our fan base, actually. I'm sure uh, either jean snuggie, maybe a jean straight jacket. You know that chafes. I'm sure they let those. That's probably like a punishment. It's a fashionable punishment. Yeah, it's um, it's like chic. It's a chic uh, thing. I don't know. I don't know fashion words. What are I you? Uh, what are I, know, you? I, know, I know cozy history. Same here. I don't know fashion enough <laughs> either. But that's good. You don't want to be too into fashion because it's always changing. It's mm-hmm. going to be different yeah, tomorrow. History, history though, cozy history stays the same. Cozy history doesn't change. It's eternal. So what we're what doing, do you, we'll, echo, we'll echo into the uh, centuries. Mm-hmm. What are you sipping on right now? I'm sipping on a Natural Bridge IPA. It's by Dreaming Creek Brewery. So Natural Bridge is this famous like uh, stone, stone monument type thing that they have in uh, Kentucky. You just okay. walk up. You, know, you walk up on top of it. Sometimes people throw themselves off. You know. But uh, it's, 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 like I said, it's by Dreaming Creek Brewery, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys, it's not that good. Oh, uh, I hate a bad IPA. I know. Because then, it, like, then it's, like, pretty bad. It's just too much, uh, too hoppy, or is it, what's, what's wrong with it? It almost tastes like, like, they put, like, pine needles in it from the Natural Bridge State Park, or whatever, you know, it's... I don't know. They describe it as our flagship American no IPA. No need to do that. Yeah. I'm, so I'm sipping on a... I saw some larceny in the background for you mm-hmm. as well. Just a bourbon soda. Oh, nice. Very good. Low calorie. Low calorie. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're getting fit. We actually are. Oh, we're on the cozy history. We are being fit. So, of course, uh, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Austin. Uh, Austin is obviously drinking his his bourbon soda, mm, and yep. uh, he's he's our leader today, ladies and gentlemen, our faithful listeners. He's the leader. He's got some something cool for us. What are we going to do today, Austin? So I'll give everyone a little hint. Wilson, <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Do you know a movie that's from? Uh, I don't watch movies. Actually, I was raised Amish, so we're not allowed to. Uh, oh, okay. Movies. So there's this movie called Castaway. It has Tom Hanks in it. Great movie. I know you're not allowed to watch movies, but I think you're a big Tom Hanks fan, if I'm okay. not mistaken. I do love Tom Hanks. Occasionally, we would have his, his uh, movies shown on the projected on the side of the barn. Using and only pre-1800s technology, of course. Yes. They were, they were black and white, and there was no sound. But I did see Saving Private Ryan. You just had a few of the, uh, the more uh, voiceless. I don't know what that even means as a word, but some of the 
you know, good voice actors in the Amish community would just put words <laughs> to whatever they're saying, mismatch it. Yeah. Just thing, same was, things that would was, make it interesting. It was Tom Hanks with a German American accent. So <laughs> I, I don't really know what happened in World War II, but <laughs> there's a lot of shooting. So, Castaway came out on December 22nd, 2000. It grossed, it only cost about $90 million to make. And it grossed $430 million worldwide. It's about a, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. It's about a man whose work uh, freight plane, he works for FedEx, crashes over the Pacific. He uh, is able to activate one of the rafts on board, the emergency rafts. And he drifts to a deserted island in the middle of the Pacific. Small island, maybe two square miles or so, by the looks of it. Um, one of the key things I noticed, so I watched this movie Friday night at a night in. Okay, so it's great. fresh. It's fresh in my mind. Yeah, had a little night in. I had a night in. Friday night, Thursday night, I was out on town. Friday night, mm-hmm. recuperated. Saturday, right back at it. Uh, but it was nice watching this movie. Um, Basically, he washes up, has to survive. He spends four years before, spoiler alert, he is eventually saved. He builds a raft uh, and makes it off the island. There's some strong tides and big waves that he couldn't make it past at first. Eventually, he's saved by a big, like a freight ship, like a merchant ship. Um, He befriends a volleyball that he names Wilson, Wilson Volleyball. Paints a little face on it with his hand. It's covered in blood, and he paints a little face on Wilson, his okay. pal. Does he have sex with Wilson? Or are, they, is it just, are they just friends? So they didn't include any sex scenes with Wilson, but one can okay. only imagine. Because if you're on a you gotta, desert island, that's the only thing years. with a face on it. <laughs> I mean, or like a capuchin monkey. I don't know if there were... I don't know if... But there weren't they, any in the movie, but really? if you captured a little... <laughs> see, we're not fans of bestiality here. But we're not. We probably are not fans of bestiality. We are against it, but you can envision if you're stranded on this island, all you got is a few tropical monkeys. No telling where the mind will go. <laughs> um, when he yeah, gets back... Bestiality to, is not very cozy. No, it's not at all. It's the opposite of cozy. Once uh, Tom Hanks, or his character's name is Chad, I believe. I'm probably wrong on that. No, it's, no, but, it's uh, not. Oh, Chuck. Chuck, Chuck Nolan. Chuck Nolan, correct. So once he gets back to society, uh, everyone's pretty much accepted his death, accepted his fate. They even mentioned that they had a casket. He goes, what did you put in it? But he goes, oh, pictures, some Elvis albums, which is pretty cool, some vinyls. Uh, The movie took 16 months to film, including a break, a year-long break, where Tom Hanks lost 50 pounds. Uh, He also got a gash on his leg while they were filming. They filmed it on Fiji, and he he almost died from it, apparently. They... Took a huge chunk of 
flesh out of his leg. And in the movie, in the movie too, he gets a bad gash. He's in the water and uh, he's limping a lot of it. I think pretty much the rest of the movie from when he gets cut, he's limping to a certain extent. But the interesting thing is that that may have been not acting. Uh, oh, oh! It's like that scene in Lord of the Rings where he kicks the helmet and he screams really loud because like, he broke his toe. Damn! Yeah, Erdogan. Yeah, wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nerdogan. So, so I like this is classic Tom Hanks, right? I mean, he's committed. He first of all, he works for FedEx. He's just like an American man. I, he's I've seen the movie. I was just kidding about being Amish guys. He, so he's an American man in an airplane flying. Across the ocean. That's American as it gets. Uh-huh. And I, I do remember the scene with Wilson, because when he loses Wilson, he's on the raft, right? It's right at the very end. And, and he just like, he can't swim Wilson. to Wilson. Yeah. God, that's he's so he's got one arm, a uh, little rope for when he was spearfishing and whatnot, mm-hmm. trying to get to something. He just gave up hope in the island. And Wilson's drifting off. He's got one arm holding onto this rope. The raft's on the other end, and Wilson's maybe 30 feet or so a swim away, and he had to give up. He was completely out of energy, and that was, that his, was his best friend, friend for four years. For four years, oh which is... Um, it's like if we, were on a, if we were doing the podcast on a raft, and like I, I fell into the water and drifted off, and you couldn't save me. You're like holding onto the be microphone so sad. board. Like, Sam, Sam. And then, you know, I just, then you have to continue on by yourself. So I do remember, refresh my memory, didn't his wife get married to someone else? So he gets back home. He's lost 100 pounds. And, and he's been cucked, basically. Probably by another FedEx guy. A UPS man? It's, no, it it, UPS he, man? Mentions, he mentions to, there's a scene where he's talking to Wilson And he has a toothache. Ever since the beginning of the movie, he had a toothache, and he has to knock his tooth out with... uh, He found ice skates, so those were his knives. He was able to... Wow. And you need a knife if you're stranded. He mentions to Wilson, he said, funny enough, my dentist's name is Spaulding. He goes, I would kill for a dentist right now. He said, my dentist's name is Spaulding. And his fiancée, because he... At the beginning of the movie, he gives her a ring, and he goes something like, he's like, I'll be right back. And his wife ends up marrying the dentist. Maybe she felt the vibes. She goes, I need a dentist right now, because he was just sending those out into the universe. This is very scientific right here that we're speaking. And she goes, why do I need a dentist? And she just started frolicking with this dentist, dentist Spalding. Well, we know some uh, male dentists, Austin and I do, and let me say, I'll just go ahead and say it out loud. They're all sluts. Yeah, those are, those girls are sluts. Yeah. And fellas. Those are some man whores. I really but, like uh, this quote um, that Tom Hanks said. He goes, I didn't want to show a man conquering his environment, rather the effect the environment has on him. I wanted to deal with subject matter that was largely verboten in mainstream movies. Taking the concept of a guy trapped against the elements with no external for- forces, no pirates, no bad guys, and tell it in a way that challenged the normal cinematic narrative structure. 
So okay. it's just man versus huh. man versus wild, pretty much before the eight. Yeah. that show. Um, it's really you. Know, Tom Hanks is the perfect guy to do it too. Yeah. You know, he's committed. He's a great actor. He's the he's the grandfather of Hollywood. That's and if amazing. you can if you can play Forrest Gump, convincing enough, you can play a man stranded pretty much anywhere. You oh, can yeah, play a definitely. man getting he. Also played a movie where he was lost in an airport. I've seen that movie before. I don't think it's very good. Terminal. Terminal. It's in my Netflix queue right now, actually. I might, I might have to... After we finish recording it, I drink about six more beers. I'm going to have to watch it. I watched it when I was younger, and I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to give it another shot. Like I said, I'm a Tom Hanks fan. But we're fans of Tom Hanks. Tom, we would love to get you on the podcast. That movie passed away. Inspired Lost, the TV show. Apparently, it was pretty much a direct inspiration, but the inspiration, loosely inspiration for Castaway, was the story of a man named Alexander Selkirk. Uh, it's got different pronunciations, like Selkraig. He was a Scottish sailor. And he also, so this man also inspired Robinson Crusoe. Okay, I was I was interested if there was a Crusoe tie-in. Okay. There one hundred percent is. Apparently there is a direct relation between him coming back from his survival story and uh the author of Robinson Crusoe. Uh basically this man was he was the son of a shoemaker. He ran away from home in sixteen ninety-five, but this guy wasn't young. He was a grown man and apparently not that great of guy. Had two wives, two apparent wives. Oh, Alexander Selkirk guy. So this he, is he a, was running. This, he, he's running away from the women. A real yeah, story from history. Girls. Yeah, he apparently got in a fight with his dad. It's like he was not. He was like twenty eight or so, I believe, when he ran away. Um, joined a band of. What it's called? It says buccaneers, but basically they were legal pirates. So he was Scottish privateers, and they would sail around the western coast of South America and just rob uh, Spanish ships. So was, um, they're doing the they're working for the king. Yes, that's got to be the best gig in the world if you're a a legal pirate. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not going to get hanged like a like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You're you're, you've got, like, I think it was called a letter of mark, if that sounds familiar to you, a letter of mark, and it's just a license to go out there and fuck shit up. I said, take what you need. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it makes you wonder, what did they bring back, or did the government, the English government just say, go fuck with the Spaniards, we hate those people? So, I, I think a lot of times what they would do is they would bring back ships, and then they would go to, like, British or Scottish ports and, and auction those ships off. So, and then so it seems like a pretty lucrative. Oh, yeah, position. they're definitely making a ton of money. Like, like each of the privateers would get a share. So, like, the captain gets the biggest share. And I would assume, you know, Alexander was probably a lowly little, little deckhand or something. He was, so he was a deckhand. And oh, nice. in September 1704, so about nine years after he started this expedition, he got in a fight with his captain, 
who was apparently a douchebag, they're all shady folks. Alexander does not seem like that great of a guy either. I mentioned he had two wives running away from them. Who knows? I didn't see much about his children, but I'm sure that he had probably children with both wives. He got in a fight with his captain, and basically, it's, I don't know if it's really disputed, but it says at his request, he was marooned on this island uh, called Masatria, Tierra, Masa Tierra Island. So it's um, 400 miles west of Chile. And he was there alone. So he started September 1704. And he was discovered February 1709. So, so over he was there four for years. Five, almost oh, four yeah. years. Okay. I mean, wow. Four and a half years. He probably, fucked, he probably fucked a monkey. Oh, absolutely. So he, can I get this straight real quick? I need to, if you don't mind, I need to get this straight in my head. So. He's the inspiration for Robinson Crusoe and for Castaway. Yes. The movie. But in reality, he's a polygamous privateer from Scotland. Yeah. I don't know if that's really wow. considered polygamy. Polygamy, I think, is when all the wives are kind of up for it, right? <laughs> the wives got to be <laughs> in cahoots for polygamy. Don't at call least, me an at expert. Least the, at least the, like, the bottom bitch has to be in cahoots. Like the, what is it they called them? Like top bitch in charge or something? Head, HBIC head bitch in charge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's you know, it a, right there. That's a lesson to all the pimps out there, male or female. If, you, if you're going to run a, run a stable of, of, of women or men, you got to have a bottom bitch. Absolutely. Keeps everybody, keeps everybody else in line. Um, of course, this man was in somewhat shambles when he was discovered, but of all these people, I mean, even compared to, Tom Hanks. So it kind of lines up because in Castaway, it's four years as well. And then okay. Alexander was gone for almost four and a half years. Apparently, he survived by hunting lobster, crawfish, just foraging for food. Uh, he was able to build fires. Um, he made shelter for himself, made weapons. Apparently the most difficult part, or one of the most... So, this one's also interesting because he kind of argued his way onto this island. He, quote-unquote, got cast away under his own will. And he had a decent amount of supplies when he started, which really separates him from these others. Okay. Um, Were they going to kill him? Were they going to kill him? So he just said, no, put me on the island instead. I think he was just like a douchebag and his captain was a D-bag. And he just said, you know what? I'd rather just die on this island than put up with this. I mean, that's a long expedition. I think they were just going away for years. And what you said, just capturing ships and whatnot. Uh, Interesting thing. One of the most difficult parts was dealing with his loneliness. The past time, he would read the Bible, sing, and pray pretty much all day. He just became a religious 
zealot almost on this little island uninhabited. He's like a hermit. He's a hermit that just sits out there. Yeah. Kinda. Uh, huh. I wonder if he got he gained knowledge. Did he did he did he come back to the world and become like a, a guru? Kind of. Huh. Oh, really? I mean, people I mean, people wanted to hear a story It made him famous at the time. OK. So what's next? What happened? How? So he's finding he's making tools and he's finding food. Did he have a little capuchin monkey that he may or may not have had sex with? The official sources don't say yes, <laughs> but all of the critics, the historical critics say the monkey's name was Jasmine, and Ooh. he put makeup on her every day. He fashioned makeup out of, he found some uh, special dyes on the island and used to put uh, makeup on this little Chilean mm-hmm. monkey. Um. It was a, so, but the monkey was a guy. Is, is, is the, was the monkey? I guess it doesn't matter the sex of the monkey at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if the monkey was cross-dressing or is, is it like is it being forced to play a role? Does he like I think the monkey was cave? naked the whole time, which makes it even more <laughs> tempting for him? Oh God, you're right. He like comes into the cave. Like at the end of the day, he knocks he knocks two coconuts together like it's a doorbell and says, "Honey, I'm home." <laughs> The monkey's chained in the corner. (laughs) Just like the little Frenchman. Yeah. See, we we got some reoccurring themes. Yeah, we're already working on. We got some lore already. There's some inside. There's some cozy inside jokes. Honestly, Tom Hanks, I hope you're listening to this, man. This is like we mention you probably every episode, and we'd love to get you on the podcast. Please, please. I know we're interviewing Charlie Sheen episode 69, but any other episode we will interview no, we, Tom Hanks. We have Obama. Obama's coming on episode 120. 420? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So any of the other ones, pretty much. Yeah, Tom Hanks, you can come on anytime. Except for. Uh, oh, uh, Tom two. Hanks Obama crossover? That would be Tom nice. Hanks Charlie Sheen crossover. That's what the people, the people don't want to see that. They don't know that that's what they need. I was going to ask you if you were on a stranded island. So, Tom in the movie, apparently that was kind of based off of his. The screenwriter went out for a week on a deserted island and just survived by himself. Um, That it kind of like drove him mad for one week. This Alexander Selkirk man survived for four years. Definitely not the most friendly individual so maybe he enjoyed the solitude tom hanks made a volleyball his best friend would talk to him have long conversations what would you do to stay busy if you were stranded on an island i'm saying That's i'm really, going the full four years the full four if i'm there for a full four years first of all that's like equivalent to four years in college like i could get a bachelor's degree in four years I think what I would do to stay busy is I would track like every plant or animal on the island. I would try to become George of the Jungle, like complete mastery of everything. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to like close my eyes and spear a fish from fifty yards away. That is like, a scene in 
So that's a scene. Oh, no it, way. So it cuts, no, it cuts, no way. It cuts from when he... So it was filmed in two parts. I mentioned there was a year break. And you can tell, I mean, he lost 50 pounds. He becomes skinny. He's got a beard and everything. But there's a scene. I think it's the first scene that cuts after. It's basically when he first gets there and then at around the four-year mark. And he just throws a spear and there's just a fish pinned. Uh, and it's, so it was badass. like, yeah, 20, 30 feet away. He's just... <laughs> you get good at it. Holy shit. I like that, yeah. though. What would, you, what would you do? So I would, like, become one with nature. What would you do? Ooh, I, um... Probably sing a lot. Make up some songs. Try to record them in what way possible. <laughs> Maybe make some music so when I came back, I'd just drop it all at once and become a, become a star. Because everyone's already... Oh. Everyone's already enamored. They go, you survived on a desert island. How'd you do it? And I go, well, I had to find, I had to figure out how to find water first, shelter. That's a big thing, too, is as a fair-skinned individual, the beating tropical sun 24-7 sounds horrible. Skin cancer. Skin cancer, for sure. Skin cancer. Um, uh, basically, tropical island, the humidity. Anything gets infected, there's tons of... Anything rots very quickly as well. Oh, yeah, like trench I think, foot. I would definitely just write some songs, make some music. Makes, I'd probably be able to make music myself. Have my own shells and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Maybe like I wouldn't even man, want to go back. Like a Blue Man Group type thing. Yeah. You could um, have little capuchin, the little capuchin monkeys, uh, Jessica... With her makeup on, she could she could be singing backup vocals. This what if what if you had one discography of any artist and that's all you could listen to? So this is a common question. I'll go first. I'm going to say Juicy J because I've been asked this question before. And if I had a Juicy J discography, that would also keep me. Yeah, I might just stay there. You would have if you were to have a Juicy J discography on the island. You have to like start to make your own alcohol. Now, that's a pretty good way to keep yourself sane is make a still. You just become an alcoholic out there. There's the people start trying. There's like someone discovers the island. They're like, oh, my God, how long have you lived here? You're like, get out of here. I'm fine. I'm doing great. Stay off my island. Yeah. You, you're like, they, people are trying to track you down to get the recipe for your jungle juice. Literally. This is. I think I would. I would take... That's such a hard question. I was going to say Kanye West initially. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like some, there's some gospel. There's some like hard-hitting tracks. I feel like, you know, there's something for every occasion. And also Kanye's just on my mind because of uh, all the Pete Davidson shit. Yeah. yeah. Pete Davidson and uh, Kirsten uh, Kozakowski. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. Did yeah. we cause I mean, the I, breakup? Is she going to go out with one of us next? Honestly, so. you know, hey, I'm ready. Kim, where are you at? Do you, do you want to come party with a historian? In the she department? listens to the pod. Yeah, shout out, Kim. She's our first listener, actually. And remember that everything we say is being fact-checked. We've never lied to you guys on here. Everything that we say is being fact-checked. Um... Yeah, we have a private studio full of people. We upgraded. We have about 200 fact checkers. We do. Working tirelessly. Every word we say. 
Most of them are capuchin monkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's interesting. So we've got this guy. He's on the island, right? He's may or may not have a girlfriend who's a chimp, but he's like made tools, and he's so chimps he's and monkeys are very different species. Oh shit! Chimps. Right. So chimps are primates. We're. I mean, humans are primates. If he had a chimp, that would be too close to a human to turn down for a stranded man. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, so I was, wait, wait. Let saying, me, let me, let me ask this question though. Okay. You don't see what? Tom Hanks masturbating at all in the movie, and it doesn't say really? anything about this Alexander fella. But would would someone stranded on a desert island be uh, playing with themselves, man or woman? Because it does use up a decent amount of energy. You want to conserve energy at all costs. And also, it's like you're, if you're starved for nutrients, you can't lose the nutrients in your in your semen. Like, do, would you have to would you have to consume it? Because I'm not I willing wonder. to commit to that. I'm not willing to commit to consuming consuming my own. No, no. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it, I, it's just for the audience to play with, and well, yeah. Huh. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> you, you can to, to consider in their minds, if you're on a stranded island, would you be doing that? Um, Honestly? Probably not. I would. I would. I, you just take a, yeah, uh, take a rock and you draw two circles on the cave wall. Those are the boobs. And you just draw a little stick figure. And in about six months to a year, that stick figure is going to be looking real nice. Yeah. Let me tell you that. That's man. your wife. <laughs> that's, dude, yes. That's Jessica. And she's a feisty little, little piece of ass, let me tell you. Interesting, yeah, interesting part about Castaway is that uh, um, I keep on forgetting the actor's name. What was it again? Chad? It wasn't His Chad. name's Chuck. Chuck? So, Chuck, part of what kept him alive was thinking about his uh, fiance. The one who left him for the dentist? Yeah. I mean, he didn't know that. She knew. She just thought he was dead. Can't blame her for moving on. Honestly, she did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another castaway I have. So I was only able to pick a couple because... Wait, I'm sorry, quick question. How did he get, how did he get picked up? How did Alexander, the first castaway, get rescued? There was an English ship... Uh, commandeered by Woods Rogers, very English name, Woods Woodis Rogers. Um, it sounds like a And they name. found him. They discovered him. I think they just docked on the island and he said, hey, uh, help me out here. And then it's crazy because he was so... He was found in... February 1709, but he didn't even get back to England until October 1711. So it was another privateer, and they just fooled. They Apparently, just it was like a voyage. It was a voyage around the world. So he was he lucky enough to find someone who picked him up. But they said, "No, we're not going straight back home." You don't. They didn't do that back then. So he had another yeah. two over two years, like two and a half <laughs> more years of just. Sorry, buddy. Like, that's the last stop. England, you know where you're from? Last stop. 
Yeah, we may get we may get killed by a hurricane before we get there, but we're not fucking taking you home. Wow, that's interesting awesome. fact. The boat that he was originally on was capsized. The only person that lived was that D-bag captain. And oh, he the first, the apparently first he went to prison for what he did. I guess just it was the ship wasn't fit for sea. Even though they wow. spent a long time on it before this happened, of course, they ended up west of Chile. But it, it capsized. It was knocked over by the sea. It was like karma was getting after the douchebag captain. Honestly, that's not even karma. If you're the douchebag captain, how are you the one that survives? Yeah, right? Twisted fate. I'm going to grab a beer real quick. I wrote this down. Austin and Sam are back from their beer-getting adventure and Sam's larceny-getting adventure. We really swapped roles here. Uh, Austin's moved to to beer, and I've moved to bourbon. This is a good time if you're if you're a cozy listener. This is a good time for you, for you yourself to go get a drink. Pause the podcast. Go get a nice drink. But we're back, and we're we're talking. We we just finished talking about Alexander. Alexander was the inspiration for Tom Hanks's Castaway. Also, and the inspiration. For Robinson Crusoe. Mm-hmm. Also the inspiration for Robinson Crusoe. And uh, it, it turned out he was a real, he's a real piece of work, which a lot of, a lot of famous people, have you ever noticed that a lot of famous people are like pieces of shit? Yeah. Does it happen after they're famous? Does it happen before they're famous? Is, it, really is that why they're famous? Because they're pieces of shit? I could see that. Kind of, I was thinking about that the other day with, uh, for some reason, TikTok stars. For people who like pulling pranks, I said, "Yeah, these aren't the best, best folks. They're just pranking people and putting it on the internet." You know, I think the and then Mr. they get Beast famous is, from it. Mr. Beast is probably an absolutely horrible person. You know that guy? He gives away like millions of dollars to people. I feel mm-hmm. like he's probably a real douche in real life. I could believe he like that. tells he tells like a single mother of three. You know, if you stand in this spot for 24 hours, you get a million bucks. And then she, does, she doesn't do it and gets nothing. <laughs> he goes, oh, you're a minute short. Sorry. You're, sorry. Looks like you're three children. You're another, star tonight. Another castaway. Another star of today. So this happened. This is very recent. Jose Salvador uh, Albarenga. A-L-V-A-R-E-N-G-A. Albarenga. This was in 2012. Interesting. This is real interesting. This one, the more I read into it, I couldn't even pack it all into the episode. But he left. He left uh, Mexico. So, Western Mexico. On a fishing expedition. November 17th. He wrote a book called 438 Days. He, on an island so, or on a... Oh my God. He didn't, so he didn't reach an island until the very end. He, so November 17th, 2012, two men left the coast of Mexico for a weekend fishing trip. A storm came and shifted the boat. Apparently, 
to begin with 80 miles offshore. Holy shit. There were 10-foot waves, and their boat was only about 20 or so feet long. It's a miracle that it didn't get sank, sunk in the first place. So it, they, this was just like two, this was two guys going out. Just two dudes two guys. On, a week, on a weekend trip. Yeah, his crewmate, who I couldn't find anything. I was okay, so uh, Jose survived. What about his crewmate? Oh, he the, I was crewmate. looking into it. His crewmate was named, uh, his last name, Cordoba. Um, so to start off, so the uh, storm just takes the boat way off course. And like I said, 438 days he was adrift. This is the uh, this is what they had to begin with. They had about 70 gallons of gasoline. This that was about a 20 foot boat. 16 gallons of water. 50 pounds of sardines for bait. 700 hooks. Miles of line, a harpoon. Three knives. Three buckets for bailing. Uh, they had a cell phone, a GPS tracker that wasn't waterproof, two-way radio, so the battery was half-charged, wrenches, and a motor for the boat, of course, and about 200 pounds of ice. So they were kind of like set up, but this is almost a year no, and they a half can fish. sea. They can fish, right? That's what they survived off of. Um, just small fish and birds. So they would, I think they would use these sardines to catch birds, but eventually the sardines went bad. Um, so wrote down within days, Alvarenga began to drink his urine and encouraged Cordoba to follow suit. It was salty, but not revolting as he drank, <laughs> urinated, drank again, and he kept doing this. Apparently, it made them way more dehydrated than they had to be. I'm sure you've heard this. So we were both, you're, you're an Eagle Scout. I was mm -hmm. a mere Boy Scout. But we're familiar with these survival tactics. You can only really drink your urine for about two times in a row, three times, especially if you're actually dehydrated. I know it's, if it's the last thing you will die if you don't, maybe four or so. But eventually, it's just like a toxin. And it's terrible for your kidneys. Yeah, it's what your body is like expelling anyway. It makes total sense that you can't that you can't actually take it. Wow! So he's just drinking his urine consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to be salty. They so they were catching birds. I believe it didn't even rain until fourteen days, so two weeks into being in the ocean and it didn't rain on them. Or that the rains may have been so brief, just tropical storms moving through, that until about 14 days in, that was like a, like a trademark that, or a, you know, like a landmark. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. it was two weeks before we, we like, they, apparently they just like opened their mouths, just started catching it in their mouth took off their clothes, started like letting the rain soak their clothes and just like grabbing everything they could, filling it up with the fresh water. 
they knew so they knew not to drink the salt water, but they were still drinking their own piss for a while, which is you know it's horrible. So it was dehydrating them. It's honestly a miracle and practically you know worth studying medically that he survived drinking his piss for what seems like two weeks. It almost well, they did have like six. He, they had yes. sixteen gallons of water, like I mentioned. Okay. It sounds so like, like he almost has some sort of like fetish at, at the end. By the by, the end of it, he's like drinking his own urine for pleasure. Yeah, he can. He told his buddy, "He goes, drink your piss, dude. Drink your piss." He's like, "No, he's I like don't a- want to." He's asking like, his buddy, he's asking for his buddy's piss. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, "Can I have your piss? Can I, can I get your piss?" <laughs> he's like, "That looks so like light. That. It's such a <laughs> light so yellow. Good. It's neon." <laughs> He loves it. And you can still find this, this man. You can still find him in the bordellos of Mexico City drinking urine to this day. <laughs> He's still around. Um, so did he eat his friend? Oh, well. If only one of uh, them survived. So after two months, Jesus. they had, like, figured out. So a lot, one interesting thing was they would find little... Uh, pieces of trash and litter and a lot of times when people litter or throw things away mostly plastic Mm -hmm. there's some sort of food on the inside and so they would find little paydays of a little tub of raw or uh rancid cabbage and like a little like something you could drink in there and so they would find this this these floating little trash trash (laughs) they would find this and then drink whatever was in there, eat whatever was in there. They were catching raw birds and eating these raw birds. Um, oh my God. So the, his co-pilot, his sea uh, hand, Cordoba, um, after two months, this man, Jose, survived a year and a half. Cordoba got sick after two months from eating all of these raw birds. Eating a raw bird just sounds so horrible. So they were like basically like catching them. They had a bunch of net. Apparently they chopped their net off most of their net when the storm hit because it was like a little like trawler. Oh, is that yeah, what it would be yeah. called? Like, yeah. So they cut it off because it was weighing them down so they could be more nimble taking on the waves. They were almost capsized during that initial storm but survived it somehow. And I can't imagine that that was the only storm that he faced in there. He had the radio, all of everything that he had, uh, you know, he had GPS, he had a phone, he had a radio, but I think that was all useless after that initial storm. Um, his friend Cordoba, sick from eating all of the so, bird meat and turtle raw. Eventually, so it's like almost... Uh, it, it sounds real quick. I'm sorry. I just had a thought. You're fine. It sounds, You're fine. It sounds like they were in like kind of a, uh, a shipping trawler, you know, just like Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, this boat is way, way smaller. There's no elevated way parts of it. Oh, oh okay. there was no. Well, I don't think there was even an. I, it was okay. a 20 foot boat. I mentioned a trawler. They had a huge net, but. I almost I want to see I wish I looked up pictures of it, but it seems like it was just like a 20, 25 foot boat with no I don't think there was a bathroom with no elevated parts. I don't think there was any sort of bathroom. I think they were just going out there mm. maybe at 
tent or something. Uh, yeah, that makes me wish I saw it, but it was it's bare bare bones. Like it's a small they were out there with the elephants. With the elephants. So no wonder his no wonder his friend died. I mean if if it's these two dudes and something that's like half the size of my apartment. And he's eating raw bird. Is that what you said? Raw bird? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this was a, about two months in that his friend died. It was, it's weird because it took me a few sources before I could figure out that his pal did die. Um, they said he set off with, it was like his friend's son, like his fiance's his like wife's son or aunt's son. I don't know what the relation was. They're like somehow related. I don't know if by blood or by marriage, but only two months in, Cordoba died. And he he had conversations with the corpse. Uh, oh, only just, two like, months, just like Wilson. Yeah, which was only two months in, which is crazy that you can hit that point mentally after only two months. I'm sure. So, just to kind of like get it straight in my mind, and maybe for the listeners too, that they're on a small fishing boat, mm-hmm. just for a weekend trip. They get stranded, move stranded in the middle of the ocean. Two months later, his buddy has died, and he's already going crazy. But he's out there for another year at least. Mm-hmm. Oh my! He had to have eaten over a year. His friend. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Four hundred and thirty-eight days. That's crazy too. When you mention four years as an undergraduate. Yeah. Think about how by long yourself. Long. The Alexander fellow was just reading the Bible. Of course, that bastard turned out okay. He was always messed up. And he had supplies. He had supplies with him. Yeah. Tom Hanks didn't have shit. He just had a bunch of unopened FedEx packages. Mm -hmm. Shout out Tom Hanks, the most versatile actor alive. And he kept one of them, too, and delivered it at the end of the the movie. They went into themes, a lot of themes for the movie when I was reading about it. That, you know, even if you end up at the crossroads that the journey isn't over because he didn't know if he should follow that girl that he saw towards the end. He delivered her package. He said, this package kept me alive, which is kind of cool. You need something to keep you alive at that point. For the Alexander fellow, it was God. The Jose apparently really wanted to kill himself, but he remembered that his mom told him, if you kill yourself, you go to hell. He's a Catholic. He was, yeah, he was Catholic. It doesn't say it, but yes, absolutely. And he just didn't kill himself because his mom told him once, you're going to go to hell <laughs> if you kill yourself. He was like, yeah. Um, Shout out Jose's mom. Jose's mom, we hope you're listening. Yeah. No, she listens. Yeah. Hey, we don't, we don't judge your son for drinking urine for months on end. It's okay. No judgment over here at the Cozy History Podcast. We don't judge here. This, uh, so Jose continued on for over a year after Cordoba died and ended up, guess how many, how many miles away from his uh, start of his voyage he ended up? Like 100 or 200. More. A thousand. 7,000 miles. He ended what? up in the Marshall Islands. 
What? Seven up in the Marshall Islands. Dude, he was like closer to Alaska than he was what the Mexico. fuck? How did he even I mean how he did was no just drifting. See him? He was I mean here, so this is uh, Sam can see this. No one else can. Yeah, he's so, showing me a bad project. Like, so he goes Azul. from he, he's he almost to, he's, he's, he's almost in Australia. He was closer he, to he, Australia and New Guinea than he oh was to Mexico. And so he so, he ended yeah. up he saw an island, probably the first island he saw, jumped out of the boat and swam to shore. Holy shit. This, so this guy, like, this guy went from basically the coast of, like, Central America, underneath Africa, all the way to Australia. Basically. Almost mm-hmm. all the way to Australia. Just That's drifting insane. at sea. Somehow lived. Oh my god. I'm amazed he didn't kill himself. That would, that would be a point, challenge to anyone. He didn't, he didn't want to, because then he, he would go to hell. Yeah. We don't. He never we don't. Mom. We don't believe that, but we also aren't. You know, if, if you're thinking about something like that, don't do you it. Should talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Yeah, talk to somebody. Talk to us. You know, direct. You can DM us on Instagram. You know, we're Honestly, always yeah. willing to listen. We're always willing to listen. Wow. Oh, shut um, up. So he gets to the, he swims, he, first of all, he jumps out of the boat. I bet he was so happy to leave that damn boat. And then he swims to the island, and what happens after that? Uh, he was found by some family. They took him in and fed him for about a day or so. And then I think around then authorities started taking note. With anything like this, when people go missing, uh, you know, it's a big investigation. Authorities are involved, and it's considered foul play. So this man that he was with died. And I think there was a decent investigation into him, whether or not he killed him. Uh, yeah. Which at, at that point, too, is it's, it's like, dude, you were gone for a year and a half. Just... Floating, I would way much, much, much rather be on a desert island than just floating on a very small boat. Yeah, at least you have like, the ability. You can find a cave or like some like vines to make a shelter with. Get yeah, the there's boat. other just, life. There's yeah, trees there's, and birds. Wow, a whole ecosystem. So, say, so he's found by his family. He, they probably caught him in the bathroom drinking his own urine. Uh, he was addicted. Yeah, he was he, into he that. He was addicted to it. So what happens? So he gets back. They investigate him. I guess he's cleared of all charges. Then yeah, he he definitely ate his friend though. He, he there's no chance he did not eat his friend. No, I think he just got rid of him. Oh, he um, dumped the he, he dumped the evidence. I live, I survived hunger, thirst, and an extreme loneliness, and didn't take my life. Albarenga says, you only get one chance to live, so appreciate it. This quote I thought was crazy. Uh, 
Life on land has not been straightforward for months. Alberenga was still in shock. He had developed a deep fear of not only the ocean, but even the sight of water. Which it doesn't really go into, but it's like what water? Like a cup of water? He slept with the lights on and needed constant company, which I can understand. Soon after coming ashore, he appointed a lawyer to handle media requests. Um, yeah, he wow. basically got a big he got a big lawsuit. I don't know what for. I think it was just like being misrepresented. I'm sure that there was oh, with the investigation. Yeah, yeah, probably. And he, you know, you come back from something like that, and you're pretty much, you know, you're. A little crazy. He was scared of water. So that's probably, I mean, lakes, ponds. Yeah. It goes to show, like, how, like, crazy this stuff is. Because I remember in Castaway, Tom Hanks' character was kind of okay. He was fucked up. And his girlfriend left him for a dentist who was Mm -hmm. named after a volleyball company. But, you know, he was okay. But this guy has gone crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, it it makes me wonder, would we go crazy? Like, do you think you would go crazy out there? Definitely to a certain extent. Because, I mean, he, so he watched his friend die pretty much in his arms, dealt with his corpse, and he, so he did deal with, um, Alberanga dealt with a bunch of, like, hallucinations, uh, probably a bunch of near-death experiences. Luckily, I think he stopped drinking his, Pretty sure he stopped huh. drinking his own urine early. Because you can't just survive. Any, he didn't have any left. He didn't have any urine left. Yeah, he just wasn't peeing. He just, like, <laughs> it was <laughs> he all evaporating. Does that makes me think of that um, Nick Cage movie about the USS uh, Annapolis. You know, the, the, the Annapolis, it, it delivered, like, Big Boy or one of the atomic bombs. Mm-hmm. And then after they delivered it... Um, they there was like a they got hit by a torpedo or they got shipwrecked or something so they were all just floating in the water for like days if not weeks and the reason why they didn't get picked up immediately I mean this is obviously during World War Two they didn't get picked up they didn't know they were missing because they were delivering the bomb it was a so it was a top mission. secret mission it was a top secret mission so no one knew that they were out there so when the ship went down I'm pretty sure no it was a it was a torpedo a Japanese torpedo so when the ship went down. There was no record of them out there. And it was this whole thing like they almost like left them out there because they didn't want word to get out about the bomb. Yeah, I wonder how many people knew about that boat in the first place. Probably not many. I mean, it's only famous now because it was such a survival story, but they were getting eaten by sharks and like people were obviously dying, you know, from exposure. But I mean, it makes you, it really makes me think about how crazy I would fucking go. Like pretty soon, I'd be I would be looking at the looking at my urine or looking at that cave drawing on the wall of two boobs in a different way. Yeah, starting to look real good after a while. Make a little sketch of yeah. nice a nice hourglass figure in the sand, and you go, <laughs> man, that's the best thing I've seen in months. Yeah. You go, I don't it's know why little... I didn't I don't know why I didn't draw that earlier. This is this is incredible. And you just sit there before you're even turned on at all. You're just like, wow, this is this is good. I haven't seen a woman in years. 
Yeah, imagine <laughs> not saying yeah, not saying like another person, not saying a woman in four years, no other person. Everyone thinks you're dead. And then you the see Alexander the fella. Yeah, I mean back then the Alexander fella, it seems like everyone pretty much assumed him to be dead anyways. But then Yeah, it sounds I mean they they thought that uh what was his name? I'm sorry, Alvarez? They thought he was dead too, right? Alvarenga. Yeah. Yeah. Alvarenga, I mean yeah. there was clearly uh search parties. To what capacity? I don't quite know. You know, Mexico is a little more strapped on it. You know, strapped when it comes to these hardcore search parties. I I don't know what they really thought. I think they just assumed that he died in the first storm. Maybe search for him a little bit. Yeah, 7,000 miles a year and a half. Everyone had to have already thought that he was dead as well. So that's the podcast. Cozy History, episode four. We actually had some recording issues there. My recording technology died. I didn't have it plugged in. So we chose to end the podcast there. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We ended up talking, of course, about Tom Hanks, our obsession with Tom Hanks. We talked about Kanye West on a desert island and the importance of having a bottom bitch. We hope you guys enjoyed episode four. Come back soon for episode five. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 